You guys ready to do this? Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, fans around the world. We welcome you to this historic event. Historic because we've seen boys become men, men become leaders, and leaders become legends. Hello and welcome to another episode. Yes, that's right. I know one just uh, dropped not long ago, but because you've all been very nice and well-behaved boys and girls out there, we've decided to do another episode of The Refill. I'm Tim Bahaja, Bob Hawke's son. Joining me is Diamond Valley, badminton, six-time, best and fairest, Chris Bowen. Did I get that right? Probably soon to be seven, and it's champion. Champion, sorry. But... Um, uh, I've got the finals next semi-finals next uh, next Thursday. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Is this for your path towards Commonwealth Games greatness? It is. Okay. It is. So the Commonwealth teams have been announced. So obviously I didn't make this year's cut. That's okay. I didn't try out for it as well. No, and that's and that's probably a big reason why you missed it. Probably, but I will. And I, I, everyone's probably wondering, like straight away, like. Did you just make the final? Like, there's got to be more to the story. So we made this is a true story. I'm not okay. putting I'm not putting mail on this. So, the last game of the re- the last round of the regular season, yeah, was last week, mm-hmm. and there was incorrect scores put in. So there was a game where who was scoring? Please, was it your dad? No, I no. It was it was a it was just a just a simple error. So. Okay. Human error, yep. Yep, so there's 17 points awarded for each week. Okay. And one of our scores was entered as four and the other team's was 13 when it was the other way around. Uh, yes. And I said something, I was like, hey, you need to change that because we're not going to make finals. Yep. And no one had changed anything. And then I realised, I actually took a photo of the scorecard because I sent it to my man Sam Staples to brag that I'd won my first four games in about... I think I won like 21-10, 21-9, 21-8, 21-11. like, get around me. I was like, and we'd won another game on that scorecard. So I was like, how have we won four if I've got proof? Yep. So they overturned it and then... Controversial, but I like it, yes. I think that's the controversial part. We needed eight, we needed eight games to make the finals the next week. Backs against the war. Going cue, in, cue the dramatic music. Cue the dramatic music because with four games to go... We needed four. We needed to win all four, and it came down to this one guy on our team was playing, and there was supposed to be a fill-in for the other team, and that fill-in went home. So they needed someone to fill in. So we got my idea too, by the way. This guy's twelve-year-old son to fill in and play for the other team. So we won those four games because he was playing against his twelve-year-old son, and that's how we made finals. Oh. I'm not sure this is going to fly in the com games, but I like it. <laughs> we'll see what happens here. See I mean, I'm, in, week. I'm involved in six of the 17 games. Like, there's only so much I can do. Mm. I win my, I win seven out of the six every week. Yeah, I'm human. I mean, you know, and if there's a toddler on the other side of the net next week, then it's not much. You will be do here with it. a shuttlecock because <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm pulling no prisoners. But very, really good to get into that because that's I've been. I've been saving that up because I wanted to talk about it. Because no one has been prepared to listen to that story. I've just forced it upon everyone. (laughs) 
<laughs> People are already turning this shit off. Well, stick with us because uh, the news we want to talk about straight off the bat, North Melbourne Football Club. Big, big news. The shin boners. Um, is, it, is it a crisis? I mean, it's already a crisis. It was a yeah. crisis before. I mean, their season was in crisis just through the what was happening on field, but off grass is another story. We've got North Melbourne's list boss um, and Riverside great Glenn Luff. Oh, wow. National recruiting manager that. Mark Finnegan and recruiting officer Ben Berthel. Or right, was, they've, we'll all, they've all resigned in the space of a day. Well, they all they all were announced same, on the day. Same day. Um, what do you make of it? I mean, two. Not no disrespect to Ben Bithel, um, but two incredibly large um, figures in their football department, being the the list boss and also the national recruiting manager. Now yeah, you could massive. you could say that look at the state their list was in. And go well, maybe not the worst thing in the world, but I don't know either of these two blokes from a bar of soap and what they've done. It's not all their fault. It's also they're also probably part of the problem. But to lose three people like that in one day, yeah, that doesn't happen. That doesn't happen without something else, something else going on. And yeah. once again, I'm we're the we're the rumor boys. Like we don't know what's going on. We can only speculate. I mean, as long as we say allegedly, as long as we say allegedly, we're we're clear from defamation. Allegedly, purposes. allegedly. <laughs> <laughs> I, actually, the, that's a really really good segue. Is the the show's the refills lawyer, uh, Jack Sasella, yeah, who uh, former Lower Plenty Cricket Club great, um, returning. So great, massive news. Um, the uh, opening bowler in A grade comes with a, comes with a lot of pedigree, a big. It was a big, nice little pay packet for him to come back, but we're I, very I excited. Don't, don't mind that as long as he's a, across our court appearances and has oh, everything in order there. He's not a fine. fluff lawyer. He's a he's a he's a big he's a he's not a Nowicki Carbone lawyers. He's big time. Yeah, so yeah. So look, I um, as I said, Glenn Luff, uh, who I know uh, through, he used to work at Champion Data. Champion Data do the stats mm. for Fox Footy. Great man, great bloke, very knowledgeable. Um, had many a battle with him, Barclay Shield Reserve. Uh, that's another story. But the thing that's annoying me with, with this a little bit is, so did Kane, he go to Hawthorne or did did no Finnegan that was go? that was Finnegan yeah. So Glenn Glenluff left, um, and then the night, but the night before was when Kane Corns made his comments on Footy Classified about. You know, you can't sit behind a laptop and blah, 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 blah. And that was the tipping point for Glenn. But it wasn't the tipping point because someone on TV had a go at him. It was a mm. tipping point because, um, from what I believe, internally he was hearing that kind of stuff from higher-ups. well, yeah. Behind, you, know, um, you know, little conversations in corridors and things like that. Mm. And as a coincidence, Kane said basically what he'd been hearing, thinking it leaked... And he was like, "Well, that's it. That's the last. That's the last straw." So it had nothing to do with Kane's comment per se. And I think Kane, you know, getting on the sort of ego horse and riding that around, thinking that he was responsible he for Glenn Luff uh, resigning, um, give yourself an uppercut, mm. Cornsy, because it had he nothing really to do with you. Smack. It was just a coincidence, mate. Um, yeah. And 
Yeah, look, it's intriguing what's going to happen end of season for North Melbourne. I think their coach is under the pump with Adam Simpson mm. um, looking to probably move on from West Coast because they're in dire straits over there. And he's obviously a premiership coach, North Melbourne legend. I think they'd be negligent in their duties not to talk to Simo. They really would. So I think, uh, yeah, the end of season for North is going to be uh, fascinating. Interesting. Yeah. And this is just my opinion here. It doesn't need follow-up comment from yourself, even if you disagree with it or even if you do agree with it. Okay. The coach is not the only one that's needed. I feel like there needs to be – they need a fresh They need a fresh start. Now, I'm not saying send them to Tasmania. I'm saying that there needs to be some – there needs to be more changes than just the coach because you can't just go – you know, go get a new coach and then everything is... You, this club desperately needs a facelift. It really needs... It Right now, it's a pig with no makeup. Like, it needs makeup and it needs to not be a pig. Like, mm. it, it needs it needs drastic overhaul. Um, and I don't know. I don't know who that is. I don't know. I wouldn't know... For, I wouldn't be able to name five people that work at North Melbourne. But they... There's a lot of... There's a lot of issues there and... For I guess for a club that has like struggled in the past financially, and I guess supporter wise in terms of yeah. membership numbers, attendance numbers, whatever, how much longer can they like really afford to be like this? Yeah, I mean, no, no club can, but especially as you say with their membership base, it's um, they need to, mm. they need to sort it out sooner rather than later for sure. And a real like watch this space kind of thing is the the fact that Horn Francis has put off contract talks. Now, I think he'll I think he will sign. He doesn't strike me as the kind of guy who's going to run. Look, he doesn't, but it's it wouldn't be unprecedented. No, he's like I would like if you were him, would you? What would you would you be signing or? I'd go to Collingwood. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Why did I bother asking that question? <laughs> Here I was thinking that was a great question. Oh, look, it probably was. Um, Ask me what I would do if I was. Oh, here. what would you do if you I'd were? Go, I'd go to Port Adelaide. He's from Adelaide. <laughs> <laughs> He's basically uh, coming to Port Adelaide. But, nothing you've <laughs> consistent on this show. <laughs> but no, big, big, uh, big news out of Arden Street. Mm. Yep. So watch your space. That wasn't a part of the headlines, but what we're going to do is we're going to throw it over to the headlines now. Tens late night news with Sandra Sun. We begin with the signing of keeping you informed, keeping you involved, keeping you in touch. Australia's most established late news service, the late night news with Sandra Sully, weeknights on ten. Thank you, Sandra. Go, Sandra. Fina announces that the 16th Fina World Swimming Championships will be held in Melbourne, Victoria, Australia, this December. I'm excited. Are you really? <laughs> yeah. Is the what pool is it? Is it the MSAC pool? The MSAC pool, the outdoor pool. Now there are talks. This is going to be a bit of a day sesh kind of a setup. It's a like, licensed. It's licensed. It's swimming just got very interesting. Yeah. Me and my man Sam Staples, we're we're going to be there. Yep. We are we are very very big swimming enthusiasts ever since the Olympics. Yep. We're big Matt Temple fans. Yeah. We're big Ariane Titmus fans. Yep. Love me a little bit of Katie Ledecky, even yep. though she's American. Yep. So we are very up and about for this. I'm in. I'm in. I really want us to like blow a, up like between here and December so that we can 
like do an episode. Can I poolside? Is that how? Yeah, poolside. Yeah, on the pool deck. Can I propose something? Sure. So, how many lanes in a swimming pool? Ten, eight, nine. I don't know. Let's call it. Let's call it eight. Let's call it eight. Make a ninth lane, but that's the swim up bar. Oh yes, real Bali. What's that bar in Bali that everyone goes to? (laughs) The cesspool. (laughs) (laughs) I like that. So you've got your yeah, you've got your. Yeah, the person who's qualified from like yeah. regional Victoria. Yeah, lane eight. Lane he's, eight. Yeah, and he's the underdog just, and he's next to the swim up. Yeah, and he's just, he's tucked into a great northern like with three <laughs> lap before he hears the bell. Yeah. Yeah, that's a great idea. Thank you. Thank I you. like that. So very big, big news because it was supposed to be held in Russia. Obviously, that's that was never going to go ahead. And it, it's a good, having it outdoors is good because mm. the, Indoor pools smell crap. Like it stinks of chlorine and it's not a real let's get like, let's get tipsy kind of vibe. Yeah. But being outdoors, you got the fresh air, the chlorine smell kind of just like fades away a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder what it does for world records and such, whether like wind or the elements make it hard for Mm. records or, yeah, it'd be fascinating to see whether it's a fast pool or a slow pool. Yeah. Oh, you you never know. Like, because. Yeah, if you're kicking from the, are they diving in from the locket end or are they going from the Coventry end? Because exactly. you never know. Because because wind is a factor. That's a, absolutely. It's, it's a genuine yeah. factor. Yeah, yeah. I was being serious. Yeah, yeah. interesting. <laughs> oh, real, real. Watch this space. Absolutely. Um, next, Golden State Warriors and the sorry Warriors. Not, I'm sure they're worried about the Boston Celtics, who they'll face off uh, against in the 2002 NBA Finals. Um, the Golden State moonwalked it against Dallas. Luca just wasn't enough. So they'll go in super fresh. Almost um, too fresh. Almost too fresh, yeah. Uh, Boston Celtics went into an absolute war against our boy Jimmy Buckets in the Miami Heat, came mm. out on top. So, um, you know, it's one of those the great offense versus great defense scenarios. But um, Golden State also have a, a very handy. Um, Defense with um, uh, what's the center's name? No, um, with a very handy defense with uh, Draymond Green. Um, so who's the who's that big center? Uh, Looney, Kevin Looney. Kevin Looney, isn't he just? Yeah, he's a blocking domi- machine. Isn't he dominating yeah. on the on the glass? Yeah, yeah, he loves the glass. Um, so I, I look, I, I reckon this will go to. I think this will go to six or seven games, but um, my. Money says Celtics because that's who I'm on, but my head says uh, Golden State. Boston, Boston poses a much difficult, much like a much greater like challenge to Golden State than what Miami would have. Uh, yeah, I think so. I think they're they're better defensive team, a bit more overall mm. better balanced. Yeah. Um, question for you: mm. Is Kyle Lowry overly thick, or just the right amount of thick? Uh, Isn't noticeable. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, he's thick. Mm. Yeah, like, yeah. But my question is: it is it playing thick or he did when he won the cha- when he won the championship um, at Toronto? He had slim, like he was in career best yeah. shape. I was, I was there. And for I'm that, not so. sure he's in career best shape now. Yeah, I agree. I was. A, he said it was a wasted, wasted year. Not enough Maccas. <laughs> <laughs> I, hope you, I hope Kyle's not listening to this. 
But no, allegedly, I, I, allegedly, yeah. <laughs> uh, Golden State Warriors for me. I mean, my basketball knowledge goes is about as no, but like in a two horse race, that's as good a tip as you're going to get. Yeah, I was going to say like Leonard Copeland is still the most dangerous bench option in basketball, if you ask me. So, uh, next one, very very interesting story out of America in the MLB. Now, the Cincinnati Reds. Uh, Tommy Pham has been suspended three games after slapping the San Francisco Giants' Jock Pedersen, which was over a fantasy football and meme-related dispute. Uh, tell us more about this, because this is uh, this is one of the funniest stories of the year. It's unbelievable. It honestly is. So there's actually a video of yep. it, and you can see they're in, so they're in the outfield, like yep. before the game. Yep. It's a very grainy video, but you can literally see Tommy Pham one of the all-time names. Um, it's PH fam, not F-A-M, just for those wondering. And he literally gives him a fair clip. And they um, so they interviewed uh, Jock Pedersen after, and he, he said it was over a fantasy football beef. Now, I've yeah, been playing but, fantasy football for over 10 years. These beefs are real. <laughs> like, but these, wasn't it... Um, yeah, he he sent him a, a meme in the group chat. Yeah. And he's like, you don't know me well enough to do that. He's like, sorry, man, no offense. Yeah. And that didn't wash. Yeah. And the the the, the meme, as I like to call them, has come out. Now, I haven't actually seen what it is, but if you look at the quotes that Tommy Pham says, he basically says he's like, he did something like disrespectful and he's like, that needs to be dealt with. And then there was also a quote, which I think may have been fake, but I'm going to run with it, saying it was real. <laughs> that he was saying that it was fantasy football related because it was over a, a player like a, to be designated on the injured reserve, which prohibits you from adding a player. Now, this is big. This is massive in fantasy football. Like When I say that, trust me. Okay, I trust it's huge you. Because players can be on this IR for like a couple of weeks and having like a, an extra bench spot is massive. Yep. And he said something like, you know, like he, he messing with my money. He's like, everyone knows I'm a big roller. Like, they know me in Vegas. I'm a big roller. So he's messing with my money. That's why he slapped him. Right. Just unbelievable story. Yeah, good stuff. Like, I live for this. Like, I yeah. would love... So, multiple members of my fantasy football league. I'm only in one. And I will never leave this league and I will never join another one. They'll be listening to this. I would love to slap each and every one of them. And I'm sure that they would love to slap me as well. Oh, I have no doubt about that. <laughs> and also, I mean, the fact that meme-related meme, um, re- meme assaults are up this year. They are. And three games, that's like, he's going to get like, he's going to get pee whacked like, I don't know, like 40K, 40, 50K. Yeah. That's a 50K slap. Yeah. Yeah. That's expensive. That's an expensive slap. That's a very expensive slap. <laughs> Um, all right, next story. Man City wins their eighth English Premier League title and Real Madrid defeats Liverpool to win their 14th UEFA Champions League title. Um, were these expected results, Chris? Uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, we, we haven't I, got Matt Bowen, our uh, no, soccer we don't have our, we don't have our soccer analyst in for that, to, to comment on that. But two things I want to point out. Yep. Uh, Liverpool had the rare opportunity to win four titles in a calendar year. And came home with... Two. Yeah. Pretty, oh. Two 
two pretty paltry ones. But yeah, the so the EPL does the final day and all yep. the games are played at the same time, which I think is so good. Yeah, it's great. It's absolutely amazing. So Man City, so going into it, Man City needed to win or draw. Mm-hmm. Uh, Liverpool needed to win and obviously needed Man City to lose. Yeah. Going into the 77th minute, Man City were down 2-0. And they've... They scored three goals in five minutes, the 77th minute mark. Now, it's important to note that now, Liverpool was losing at that time. Yeah. So Liverpool came back and won as well. But there's always this like drama on the final day and it's just like... Are we to read into anything about that three goals in five minutes? Is it a little bit on the nozzle? No, no. No, no, no. Not on the... No, nothing like that. Like, that's like your Turkey Division 3 setup. Like... Yeah, and I'm a big fan of Turkey Division Three football, but... Tell you one thing you can look into. Mm-hmm. Uh, Pep, Pepe Guardiola. Mm-hmm. That's the correct way to pronounce his name, despite what he says. <laughs> He's the Man City manager. Yep. Uh, most likely might be walking off into the sunset. Despite winning... He's won everything he needs to win. And there's an, there's a there's a very distinct possibility that a manager spot may become open at Man City. Are we talking about our boy, Ange? Uh, was it Posta Kuglu? <laughs> I'm not going to say yes or no. All I'm going to say is that the, the ownership group that owns Man City yep. did does own Yokohama. Who used to be coached by? Ange. Uh, Posta, was it Posta Kuglu? <laughs> How tasty is that? This is like... Uh, the rumour boys. Oh, here we go. <laughs> I like it. And I reckon it's oh, it's on the cards. That's a that's a believable rumour. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's sort of borderline fact. It's it's basically like one of those things where you're like, oh, yeah, I believe that. You don't even need to Google it. No. So... No. So uh, you hear... Yeah, that's another refill exclusive. Another refill exclusive. Um, next news is... Uh, very sad news. Greater Western Sydney player Bobby Hill uh, announces that he's he's been diagnosed with testicular cancer. Now, this is not obviously great news to share, but I think it's absolutely incredibly important news to share for especially uh, especially men. Yep. Uh, in my age group, um, I know our. our our age group. Yep. Sorry um, for that age slander, but it's one of those things where. As men, naturally, we tend to put it off. Yeah. Um, and I'm one of them. You know, I had uh, I had something that I needed to get checked out and put it off for two weeks because I was, you know, paranoid and stuck in my head and yeah. locked down in COVID and, and, you know, ended up getting it checked out and I was fine. But it is so important to it to to go get checked out. Like, yeah. I, I can't stress this enough. And obviously, my, my thoughts are with Bobby... Um, as he goes through this battle and sort of all we can do is really, you know, cheer and hope for the best. Yeah, wish him all the best, absolutely. But, yeah, I think your your point about awareness and mm. um, men doing more to uh, check their own health is super important. Yeah, no, couldn't uh, couldn't agree anymore. Um, so the AFL mid-season draft has been one. Run and one. Run and one. Um, and it's probably been won by West Coast who had the first pick and they took Danny Nong, Stingrays midfielder Jai Cully. Correct. Um, which wasn't a surprise. He was a no. unanimous sort of um, yep. prediction to go number one. Um, 
you have done a little bit of scouting in this area in 2022. Tell us um, who caught your eye um, from the various players who were picked. Correct, I did. Uh, as a former former uh, VFL scout, VFL mm-hmm. uh, NAB Cup scout, yep. I can't say why it's former. Um, a bit of watch this space and watch the LinkedIn over the next few weeks. Okay. Um, one person who did um, who did jump out, Port Adelaide picked um, Waffle Ruckman Bryn Teakle. Excuse me? Bryn Teakle. Okay. Bryn. Bryn. Bryn the, Teakle. I'm hearing the uh, second best Bryn since Bryn Edelston. <laughs> That's silly. <laughs> Didn't think she was going to get a mention in this episode. but no, Neither did I, but... So sh- so shout out to Dr. Bryn Teakle. Um <laughs> but yeah, there were a couple of couple of VFL players who were picked who who I'd seen a few seen a few times who I'm pretty happy to see get get picked up. One is uh, James Blank from Hawthorne. Now he's playing at Box Hill. It's a 21, 21 year old key defender. Yep. One ninety centimeters. Hawthorne tried to get him to train with them preseason, but for some reason it wasn't allowed. I think it had something to do with the fact that he didn't actually nominate for the draft. Okay. So he had to get special uh, an exemption basically to even go into this mid-season draft. So yeah. Um seen him play three or four times just as as solid as sturdy as you can get. Uses the ball well. Yeah. Um real easy, real easy, not a very noticeable player, which is super super important sometimes when you're talking about like a defender. Yeah, exactly. Um so yeah, incredibly happy for him. Yep. Um anyone else catch your eye? Will Hayes. Uh, so Will Hayes, a former former Western Bulldogs player, David Hayes' son. Yes, that's right. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. Who who did he go to? He went to Carlton. So he's been playing okay. at Carlton's VFL side as well. And he's uh, was he a ruckman? No, he's an inside mid and a small oh, I mid. Right. I got that right. I got So that. you got that close. Yep. But this guy is a legitimate ball magnet. So mm-hmm. you could argue that there's probably not a huge space for him in Carlton's midfield at the moment, but. He's literally averaging, like, I think he's averaging 33, 35. Yeah, I mean, all it disposals. takes is a, an injury to a Crips or a Walsh mm. um, or a Chera to suddenly be needed. So, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, I, I watched him play against Box Hill on a real miserable, windy day and li- literally had 25 touches in the first half. Yeah. Sort of fizzled off towards the end, like, had 40. So, um, yeah, happy for those guys. There's a, a few guys who. Um, who I was disappointed didn't get picked. Sam Fowler from from Collingwood was yeah, a little forward that yep. that I thought was going to get picked up. And interesting that Collingwood passed on their second pick. Mm, so very very interesting. Me. Yeah. Um, and also a, a kid from the Northern Bulldogs, um, Mutaz Al Noor, who's a kid from um, Sudan. Yeah, I'd heard a lot about him before that he didn't get yeah, picked up either. Didn't get picked up either. Mm. I, I think he will get picked up next year. Yeah. Um, this kid is a, a freak athlete. Um, as literally has all the tools and is a real, probably a real project that I, I can't believe uh, an AFL club didn't didn't yeah, take him I in, mean, in that's, this. That's what I love about this draft is you can take a risk on these mm. guys, sign them to it, sign them to six six months, and if they're looking good, just sign them, just keep yeah. them on your rookie list. Like it's a free hit. Literally has all the tools, averaging about um, 17, 18 disposals, eight marks. Yeah, is. Uh, it's where the game is going to, like yep. intercept intercept defenders, and that is literally, literally his strength to a T. So I think would, yep. I think a little bit more, a little bit more on the frame, and you know a little bit a little bit cleaner. I think with his disposal, and he's an AFL regular. Like yeah, it's correct. it's as it's as simple as that. And those are the things where I feel like AFL clubs AFL clubs don't do a lot of projects anymore. 
Mm. Like that might be, I might be completely wrong with that. But, you know, if, and no offense to the kids who do get drafted as rookies who are, you know, really good footballers. Because a lot of really good footballers get overlooked and never make it. But if I'm a list manager or someone, a general manager who's drafting, I'm looking for, I'm looking for projects for my rookie my rookie list obviously you want yeah if you, if you can't fill in a, an immediate need then absolutely it should be yeah. someone that you a, di- a diamond in the rough basically 100% because like you, I mean there's so many good players who have come from come from the rookie draft that I'm not even going to mention yeah um, but but yeah so so yeah a couple of good a couple of good players get picked up uh, and then yeah best of luck into next year's draft because yeah there's a few players in the VFL especially who I think um, were probably a bit a bit hard done by tonight yeah uh, the next one, the Calgary Flames are eliminated in five games against provincial rival, the Edmonton Oilers. Did you happen to catch that? No. Hang on. That's, is that your team? That is the team we spoke about in the last episode. Yeah, the, your team. They did not win a game since I said that in the last episode. And you were like, this is going to change my life. <laughs> you know, I've, I've, I've found God if this happens. And they didn't win a game. They didn't win a game since I said that. Wow. I did know the Were Oilers favorites. had won because uh, a mate of mine, Chris Hurley, he's a, a big fan of the show, lives over in Calgary, and he's a big Oilers fan. Is he? So, I'd, so I'd, he's a he scumbag. Was the, so he was at the game and I could see the celebrations. I didn't realise it was against your team. I thought... It was. Oh, boy. <laughs> so... how Are you hurting? Or are you, you don't seem too upset. Uh, the, no, I am. <laughs> <laughs> it was a It was a... There was a bad day when they okay. got eliminated because there was a lot of controversy around it. They, they got sweeped, did you see? So we won that. F- so when we recorded, oh, you won the first. Yeah, you won the first. We won one. the first game, and yeah. that was the day we recorded. Yeah, we then lost the next four. Oh boy! And it was over like a blink of an eye. The refuel curse. Yeah, the refuel curse. So I thought it was very important to mention that. Yeah, like, I'm glad you did because you, you mean you banged on about it last yeah, time. Like and little, now, um, a little bit of like laugh at my own like yeah, life. Good, good. <laughs> How fucking sad I am about I might, this. I might buy that actually. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, you can buy that. I'm definitely not buying it. So yeah, that's um, that's this week's headlines, I believe. You know what time it is? Ooh, it's my favorite time. What time is it? Uh, <laughs> Ah. Oh. <laughs> ah. Yes, that is right. It is time for everyone's favourite segment, the stock market. Yes. Gimme, what are you buying? The first one I'm buying is the PGA Seniors Tour. <laughs> Do you know how good life is on the PGA Seniors Tour? No, tell me. How good is it? They play three rounds. Mm-hmm. So that means there's no cut. So right. there's no yep. there's no pressure to make the cut. Yep. And they literally don't have to play that ridiculous Thursday round. It's just Friday, Saturday, Sunday. The money's great. It's yep. relaxed. Like Ooh, that? It's absolutely relaxed like that. And it's got all of my favourite golfers in it. 
David Duval, I love Double D. John Daly, Bernard Langer, Ernie Owls, Darren Clark, Fred Couples. Yep. I, I have an unhealthy obsession with Fred Couples' golf swing. So <laughs> I I watch more videos from the, the seniors tour than I do the actual PGA tour. And I watch a lot of videos from the PGA right. main tour. How's my boy John Daly going? I love John Daly. He's a middle tier. He's a middle tier. He He's built for the seniors tour. Yeah. But Bernard Langer is like... Some real classic names you're throwing out. I know. He's unbelievable on the seniors tour. Like VJ Singh, is he still... VJ be- Singh's on there. Not as competitive as you, you'd think. Okay. Bernard Langer is like untouchable. Mm. And my favorite part about the seniors tour is like that you see the most ridiculous sh- shit on it, like the shots. Yeah. Because they're just relaxed. They don't care. They're not uptight. Yeah. And oh, it's just and yeah. and the the putting so the um, smooth as butter. Well, it is because they can do the hinge. Oh, yeah, I, the, I think the, the controversial hinge. Part. I think the rules state that they can't, but they just kind of let them get away with it. So I I've heard so many people who are like big golf people say that getting onto the seniors tour is better than getting onto the main tour. Wow. Okay. Because it's like the, well, yeah, of the yeah. lifestyle. Yeah. Um. One other question. Is Peter Senior on the Senior Tour? I think he is. Yeah. I love the old Aussie. Like, you know, it reminds me of Sunday Afternoon, Channel 7 with Sandy Roberts and yeah. Jake Newton. <laughs> um, those those kind of Aussie greats. Wayne, Wayne Brady. Brady. Yeah, there's there's a few there's a few Aussie guys yeah, on, the, on the tour. So that's my first buy. I, I, lo- I love for it. I live for it. Yeah. All right. Love it. Would love to see David Duval do a little bit better though. Yep. Um, my first buy is the Spanish great Rafael Nadal, who is into the at the time of our recording yep. is into the quarterfinals, beating the Joker. Don't let the door hit you on the way out, yeah. Joker. And um, if that door doesn't hit you, my boot will hit you. <laughs> the <ya. laughs> um, he's through to another a quarterfinal of the French Open at the age of thirty-five. He is unbelievable. I have him as my – I think he's now the tennis goat. Yeah. I think he's gone past Federer. He's gone past Joker. Mm. Uh, he's gone past Laver if Laver's in the conversation. Sure, um, why not? He's why got not? a stadium named after him. Yeah, exactly. Um, so I, I'm saying he's the tennis goat. And I'm also saying he's the lefty goat, the best left-handed athlete of all time. Really? Now I'll give you some, I'll give you some names of left-handed athletes and you can okay. tell me. So you got Babe Ruth, who's a dud. There's Wayne Gretzky, a potato. <laughs> Ken Griffey Jr., hack. <laughs> Not Jr. <laughs> and Lionel Messi, slop. Oh, he's left-handed. Mm. Oh, he's, he is too. So, I, look, obviously there's some great names and Gretzky. No, no love for the Canadian Mike Weir, former US Masters winner. No, I, no, I do also not. Also a member of the PGA Seniors Tour. <laughs> I think there's a strong argument for him to be the best left-handed athlete of all time. I know there are That's a names. great list, by the way. Yeah, it's a, it is a very good list. I mean, and then as a left-hander myself, he is, he is father of. Uh, yeah. Yeah, he is father of. That's, you'd almost argue that those people you just named... Yep. Are ex- obviously, you mentioned two baseball players, but yep. like Gretzky's the best hockey player. Yep. Babe Ruth's the best baseballer. Yep. Uh, who else did you name? Griffey Jr. 
Yeah, so he's a baseball player, so we And Lionel Messi. Lionel Messi, you could argue you could make that argument that he's the best ever. Yeah. So that's like that's not strong list. Selling right handers. Yeah, yeah, I'm selling right handers. Um, and Adam Nadal is the best tennis player of all time to like this. So yeah, mm. my housemate literally asked me this this morning. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it who the goat is, like tennis goat. Yeah, and I, I said that I said that my opinion is not subjective because I I hate Djokovic. Yeah, I I'm like, putting Milos Raonic ahead of Djokovic because I just dislike him that much. Well, yeah, look, the Joker will probably get past Federer and. Nadal just because of his age, mm. like he's six years younger than Nadal, so he's got more time to to get there. But Nadal's done it. I mean, he is a clay court pig. Oh, he is. But he's also won Wimbledon. He's also won Australia and US. So yeah, um, yeah. Shout out to him. Unfortunately, my boy Carlos Alcaraz, who lost Garaf- in the quarterfinal, who lost no more CAG. Sorry, CAG. We'll see you next year, champion. Yep. Uh, my next one. This is a very this is a very swimming dominated episode. Uh-huh. I'm buying my man Cody Simpson. Okay. So Cody Simpson, uh, for those who don't know him, is a former teen heartthrob, uh, one of those Justin Bieber, the Bilo Justin Bieber, if you'd call him, <laughs> has qualified for the Commonwealth Games. Uh, Commonwealth Games is a, uh, in Australia's swimming team. Yep. Absolutely incredible achievement if you if you if you ask me. Like, he is coming. Like he he returned to the sport not that long ago. Not that long ago, yeah. And is an absolute weapon of a man. Like put on some serious size. Like that takes a lot of. Like I don't care if you swam as a junior. Like the f- actual physical work that he went through to transform his body. Yep. is like impressive enough. So to see him actually like qualify for to qualify for the Commonwealth Games in Australia's swimming team, which is the best swimming team in the world, like yep. that's not me putting mayo on it. No, like, I mean that's just pure facts. Yep, is an absolutely unbelievable achievement. I don't know any of his songs, if any of them were any good, but um, he's. I mean, I wonder if he listens to his own songs when he's doubt it. When he's following that black line he in training, the, he listens to the refill. <laughs> So shout out to Cody, my boy. Go on your codes. An absolute piss missile. Real easy <laughs> on the eyes and hopefully he does well in Birmingham. Yes. Okay. Uh, speaking of swimming, my next buy is Ariane Titmus. I like it. You're buying at a big price. Well, I don't care because she <laughs> has just broken the 400-meter freestyle world record at the swimming t- the same swimming trials as our boy Cody mm. in Adelaide. Um, and touched the wall, shaved 0.06 seconds off the previous world record set by American Katie Ledecky. Who got a shout-out earlier. Yeah, and she is genuinely a swimming goat. Like, she yeah. is a freak. So mm. the fact that Titmus has broken that 400-metre record at this point of her career mm-hmm. is great signs because she's only young. Yep. Um, and I think it just points to the fact that Titmus is going to have an unbelievable career and the fact she broke um, Ledecky's record speaks for itself. Yeah, we really should have got our swimming analyst Sam Staples on for this because this has been a heavy, heavy swimming episode. Yeah, unintentionally. But unintentionally, but yeah. I'm here for it. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it's it's very easy to – not tall – it's not uh, – what would you tall call poppy. it? Tall poppy. 
Not tall poppy, because like, what would you call a bandwagon? I don't know why I can't. I said tall poppy. Yeah, it seems very bandwagony. Yeah, to, to jump true. on our swimming uh, yeah, team because yeah. we're so good. But it's, I'll, I'll cheer for our squash team. I'll cheer for our lacrosse team. I'll cheer for any of our teams if they're doing well. Yeah. So except be, for our badminton team, I will not until oh, you no. make it. Until you make it, I will not. And I will make it. Yeah, and once you do, then I will cheer for I've, badminton. But I until will, then, yeah. I, it, it's a very much watch this space over the next four years yep, okay. while I train myself Cody Simpson like, <laughs> um, which is probably going to seem a lot hard when I tell you my next buying because I'm buying Ice Magic. As in Cody's Ice Magic? I uh, don't know the brand, but that stuff that you put on your ice cream. Yeah, gen- generally the Ice Magic trademark is belongs to Cody's. Yes. Yeah, I'm buying that. Why? Because well, my, that's delicious, my housemate just got me back on it after the first time you know since I was a kid. Yep, and we've got we've got two <laughs> two bottles of it basically in the cupboard at all times now. It's absolutely, it's an absolute game changer. Would it be? Um, I'm having some after we finish this. <laughs> okay, has it leapfrogged vanilla in your ice latte type areas? Well, no. Okay, because that's like a, it's they're both necessary. <laughs> right, like you know how like you know how like in someone wakes up in the morning, right? Someone yeah. who needs to put their contacts in. Yeah. They put their contacts in so they can see. Yeah. I need vanilla in my latte and I to need function. ice magic on my ice cream. To function. F- to see. Yeah. Okay. So I'm buying it big time. Right. Good I've had some, I've had some unbelievable buys. I mean, next steps. Food-wise next on this steps, show. Um, yeah. I mean, next steps, hundreds and thousands. <laughs> fairy bread. A real 31-year-old child. <laughs> So we need to, we need to get a dietitian on this show. <laughs> um, my next buying is private equity in sporting franchises and organisations, namely and potentially the Tasmanian insert name here. Do, yeah. do, we did uh, get some. Yeah, have you got any – this is a question without notice. Do, have you got any um, – We did get some. We did put the, the shout-out to our uh, listeners and thanks to those who did it. Massive shout out to all those who listened and um, to all those who's, who said. Um, so we asked for um, potential uh, Tasmanian footy team, AFL team names, nicknames. What did we get? Um, this one was from Nick Stick. Uh, the Tasmanian Islanders. Yeah, okay, don't mind it. Boring. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> it just is. Um, we got the. <laughs> I can't read that one out. Um, <laughs> Boy. <laughs> It was very on the line of um, your sister's, your aunt. Uh, oh, yeah, we don't. Need, I mean, that's a clue. we don't need to. We, we don't, don't need to go there. We're better than that, aren't we're we? We're better than that. Um, the um, the devils, obviously. Yeah, I like the devils, but yeah, there was a lot of devils. Yeah, um, that was people weren't weren't. Um, Sometimes if it's you know if it if it walks like a duck and it quacks like a duck, it's a duck, and so sometimes. It, it's, it's, maybe it just needs to be the devils. Like, yeah. Let's not overthink it. But anyway, yep. It might have to be. So, yeah, my uh, my favourite one was the the um, what do you what do you call the um, what are the it's a type of mammal? Fuck. Uh, a Tasmanian devil? No, it was like what's the name for it? I don't even know. I'm not even gonna. I'm, I can't find it. There's so many. Cause there were so many inboxes, but there was one that was very funny. It made no sense. It was like herbivore or something. Okay. The Tasmanian herbivores. We'll just run that. We'll run with that. Okay. So yeah, continue. So yeah. So um, this has been 
brought up by Alistair Clarkson um, as a sort of a radical, in inverted commas, private equity model, uh, which has been inspired by the Green Bay Packers. The Packers. To help fund a 19th AFL club. Um, and this was a story broken by Caroline Wilson. I did enjoy when someone on Footy Classified asked her what's the difference between like members and you know, private equity and being a member. And she said, well, people who have equity uh, get a certificate. <laughs> Thank you, Cara. Um, it's a bit more than that, Cara. Um, so, yeah, it's inspired by the Green Bay Packers and, and you know, it's been reported that um, Clarko has been there three times now. So he's obviously, uh, he's done a present, presentation uh, to Andrew Dillon at the AFL. He's super passionate about it. I like it. I'm buying it. Question I'm, for you, though. I'm buying... Uh, private equity, yep. I did read that story, mm-hmm. but I also did see that Gillan McLaughlin wasn't in that meeting. Do you think, what do you make of that? Uh, how so? Well, the fact that Gillan McLaughlin wasn't in this presentation. Oh, he might have just had other stuff on. Yeah. Fine. I was just, I was just more of a question of like, do you make anything no, I don't think out so. of that? No, no, I just think uh, you can't be everywhere at once. Mm. Um, and you've got to trust your. Your, your head of football, Andrew Dillon, to be able to relay the pitch? I think that's fine. If Tasmanian football cannot get cannot get over the line mm. with Alistair Clarkson being involved in it, that's a that's a problem for Tasmania. Like now we're I think it's gonna happen. I think it's, it's gonna, gonna happen. Ha- it is But would you so in terms of private equity, the I would the, buy the, the smallest buy in would be five hundred dollars, the largest buy in would be two point five K. Yeah. I'm saying yes, I would too as well. Because I would, yeah. You may not be able to sell that share. That share may become as valuable as the certificate, Caro certificate, but I, I, I would love it. Yeah, no, same here. Vested interest, yeah. you know, just makes you feel like you're... The first time it's happened in the AFL. Yeah. Like, um, how much are you putting? Are you putting 500? Oh, 500. I'm not made of money. No, exactly. No, no, yeah. no, we're not, no one Podcast is, no. is hemorrhaging funds. <laughs> Until we get a sponsor, I'm not prepared to put up any more. What about private equity in the podcast space? If someone wants to invest in this podcast, mm. I'll let them do whatever they minimum, want to it. Minimum five bucks? Oh. Maximum 25 bucks? <laughs> I need more than that. That's what I spend on vanilla syrup and ice magic. <laughs> but no, I would be, I'd be up for, I'd be up for uh, private equity money getting involved in my podcast. Yep. I can rename it. No, I think it's a. I think, look, I think you need to think outside the box uh, with this kind of stuff. Mm. Um, and if it is a financial, if they're facing financial hurdles, then um, yeah, I think it's a great suggestion. Yeah, no, it. it is big, 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 big buy on that one. I'm with you there. Uh, selling, you can go first. All right, you're not going to like this, um, but I want you to hear me out before you jump down my throat and and just start uh, abusing me. Hang on, um, a, sec- hang on a second. You'll need some hard liquor once you hear it. I am selling. He's an Australian icon. He's Don't. one of the greats uh, in terms of what he's achieved in this sport Don't. coming from Australia. But it's time to sell Daniel Ricardo. <laughs> now, I'm not selling his driving. Yeah. I am selling his choice of employer. I just think he has made, in uh, hindsight's twenty twenty, but he has made two fundamental errors in going, or well, shouldn't have left Red Bull, um, but he did. 
uh, it was a car that was suited to his driving style. He, for whatever his reasons was, went to Renault, didn't work out at Renault. He's now gone to McLaren and that has turned to absolute shit. Mm-hmm. Um, and now there's whispers growing louder every day that he is going to leave McLaren 18 months remaining on his contract. Uh, he's contracted to the end of 2023. Um, McLaren boss Zach Brown basically conceded uh, during the week when he said Ricardo hadn't met the team's expectations and admitted that there's uh, mechanisms in the contract which could see the Australian leave at the end of this season. So the easy answer for him in a press conference was he's a required driver. He's signed to the end of 23. We mm. back him in. He's one of the greats. He's gone. He's out. And he may not get picked up by another team. Red Bull's seats are full. Ferraris are full. Like Unless he wants to go to like a Haas, which I just can't see. So if his career ends at 32, that is a, that is just what has happened. Yeah, look, it's a tough one because, I, and I'm not giving myself a pat on the back and I absolutely hate, absolutely hate that I, I said this, but I've been, um, I've been talking about him the entire season yep. um, to our Formula One analyst, Joe Valari, Um who will be on the show at some point, I'm sure, to, mm-hmm. to talk about big Formula 1 news when it comes across. Well, this will be one of them. This would be one of them. We can handle it from here at the moment. <laughs> so, tools down, Joe. Tools down, Joe. You're not necessarily needed. Um, I, I, said that to, I said to him, I said, at what point, at what point do we start asking this question? Um, so you know, his, his results last year were, were, yeah. were pretty ordinary. Did have one winner. I know there was a... Um, a few people had crashed in yep. and whatnot, but he, still won. he still won. But he still won. That's new age Formula One, though. Yeah. Look, leaving Red Bull, leaving Red Bull was the right decision. Why? Um, a lot of these, I think what you have to understand, a lot of these drivers are very ego-driven. Yep. They all believe that they're the best drivers in the world. Yep. And they're the 20 best drivers in the world. Uh, well, actually, that's not true. No, because there's a couple of goats in there. There's as a couple. In, as in being herded in there because of the ownership and what, yeah. whatnot. But yeah. So, but Let's think, call it the best 18 drivers in the world. Sure. But what you have to understand about a lot of these drivers is that they all believe that if they have the best car, they're unbeatable. Yep. Daniel Ricciardo has at times during his career, especially at Red Bull, shown that he is a world had world championship caliber in his blood. Yep. Now, Max obviously came in. Red Bull were very heavy on him. They wanted yep. to make him the youngest world champion. I mean, um, what's his name? The, the piano player, Ray... Ray Charles. Ray Charles. Ray Charles could see that. Mm-hmm. Like, it was as plain as day. And he had to leave, in my opinion. Okay. I, I supported his move to Renault. Now... You supported his move... From or, Red Bull or, to... No, no, but did you support... Like, if you had gone to an, another team, would you have been cool as well? Or was Renault in particular a good move at that time? I thought Renault was a good move because of the fact that they're a engine manufacturer. Mm-hmm. Now, that's incredibly important because yep. the biggest issues that Red Bull had while Ricardo was there was the fact that Red Bull is, is an energy drink. Yeah. It's not an engine manufacturer. No, and this so is true. their input... And their say and control over the engine is incredibly limited. Right, okay. Whereas Renault control that. Yeah. So the fact that he was going there, I thought it was a good move. He was getting paid incredibly well and yep. he was going to lead that team through a rebuild, which I thought he was the right person for it. They had another good driver, Esteban Ocon, mm-hmm. who was put in place there. 
in his second year, and I thought that was a great pairing. So, so he shouldn't have left Renault then. No, his first year of Renault was a was a tire fire. Yeah, which is fine. Punk. Which is seems to happen. With first but his year. second year was arguably his best season in Formula. So why did he leave Renault? Uh, because it was a toss up between Renault and McLaren when he left Red Bull, mm. and so he had an offer from McLaren originally, and he went with Renault. Now McLaren made huge strides. Renault made strides, but McLaren made huge strides yep. during that time. So basically, he just sort of looked at his career and said, all right, I'm 30 or 31, 32. Well, he would have been 30 then, yeah. Yep, I'm 30. I've probably only got a few kicks at the can here. I'm not sure if Renault is going to get there in time. McLaren is so much closer to it. But McLaren, the McLaren's cars clearly don't suit his race style. No. Did he, I, but how can you not do your like, – did he not – I'm sure he does his homework. Like, he's not an idiot, mm. but like – it feels like such a blunder. Yeah. And look, it took him a year to get used to the Renault car, right? Yeah. So last year, I wrote it off the same thing. Yeah. It's taken him a year to get used to it. Yeah. It's clear that he can't get used to it. Now, no, that's I, a problem. I think that's a huge problem that, um, you know, look, if, you know, we've had multiple drivers go from different cars yeah. and make an impact straight away. Carlos Sainz, a really good example. Yeah, exactly. Went from uh, Renault to McLaren, McLaren to Ferrari. Yeah, um, and yeah, and he's competitive the whole way through. Right? Drives the absolute dick off that. Yeah, those cars. So, like, it's disappointing. He he won't be done at thirty two. Whether he whether he's in Formula One or not, I think. Well, what's if he's not in Formula One? And I think that's a Indy. He loves America. Wow, absolutely loves America. So we could see a we could see a world next year where Ricardo and Scott McLaughlin are going toe to toe. We could very much see a world where McLaren owns a indie team. Yep. We could very much see a world because they've got they've got a young American driver in their indie system there who they they have no doubt that they want to get into the formula. So it might just seat. be a little straight swap. I believe that I believe that that's most likely what will happen. I mean okay. Well then, I'm I'm ready to buy Indy because if next year we've got McLaughlin versus Ricardo, mm. like people will, like um, casual fans like me, yeah, I'm watching. Yeah, and Formula One drivers have had success. Yeah. in Indy, yeah. uh, Marcus Ericsson used to drive for Sauber in Formula One, won the um, Indy 500. Yeah, uh, the one where you tip milk on your head for some reason. Yeah, uh, sure. Yeah, um, I know. Someone was like. Why do Americans do this? I'm like, I don't, I don't know. Why do Americans do a lot of things? But yeah. Exactly. So, yeah, it's a, t- it's a tough sell, to, to be brutally honest. Like, it's, it's well, really... You, when I said it, you said you told me to get fucked, but I think you've actually turned you, talked yourself into a sell there. I told you to get fucked, <laughs> just because I haven't told you to get fucked It's a, it's a reflex action. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Uh, yeah, I think. Uh, look, I, I think it's. I find the whole thing fascinating, and I just think it feels like just Formula Drama missed is, opportunity, and it just feels yeah. like a career not fulfilled. But um, if he goes on to IndyCar and, and, as you say, drives the dick off it, then mm. um, maybe it's not a you know, maybe it's not a career unfulfilled. Yeah, no, absolutely. So, keeping on that theme, my first selling is the FIA, which is known as the Federation mm-hmm. Internationale uh-huh. de Automobile, okay, which is the governing body which oversees Formula One. Yes, yes. I am fucking sick of these clowns. <laughs> oh boy, these guys have been absolutely taking the P one double five 
for a extremely long time. We're we talking how many oh, bulk years? Okay, like years of my life that I can't get back. Mm-hmm. Just one thing after another. So uh, on uh, last weekend, the incredible Monaco Grand Prix, which might even be the last one. That's a real watch this space. Contracts up and wow, that's, but that's iconic. You can't. It is. Formula One's moving in a completely different direction, and the new, the, <sighs> the, to, the newer Formula One fans yeah. that they're targeting hate Monaco because it's a boring race. Monaco well, it might is be not a boring a, race, but the, the the people they get to that race mm. are right in that ambassador. Uh, what do you call it? You know, influencer wheelhouse. Yeah, just you know. Yeah, it's a waste of money. Oh, look, it is, but it's all part of the you know. The I don't strut. want to see it go. FYI, no, I, th- I don't think you can. But yeah, go on. Yeah. Um. So that race was delayed because of rain. Mm. Um, and like multiple drivers were like, what are we doing here? What, because yeah, the, isn't it wet weather? Yeah. Sli- like, put your slicks on, boys. And they start, they had to have the slicks anyway. Yeah. So they've delayed the race. They were ultra cautious. Um, in turn, what that's done is that actually cost us a full race. Yeah. So instead of 77 laps, it ended up being 63 laps because they've – they wasted all this time. Um, that's just one example. Another example, Carlos Sainz, uh, Esteban Ocon, two guys I just mentioned actually. Yeah. Um, uh, both both went off in the Miami circuit, hit a concrete barrier. Uh, both got injured, hurt their necks, and spoke out about this barrier here needs to be changed. FIA said no. Like, if a driver is telling you, yeah, exactly, a barrier needs to change. Change, change the it. fucking barrier. Yeah, that's a, like, that's a, what that's, are we doing here? Exactly. Um, they've been having a beef with Lewis Hamilton over jewelry, and look, if, I, it, if it was yeah. me, I'd just take that shit off. He's not going to take it off. No, and that's fine. And like that's, but that this is the sort of stuff that they're yeah. getting themselves into. Well, they need to be. I mean, just because they're riding a wave of popularity at the moment through Drive to Survive, it doesn't mean you start. You know, like don't start over. Um, complicating things. Don't don't start like if people start to talk about you, you're doing the wrong thing. Yeah, exactly. You should be hiding in the shadows. Well, I actually saw that some people were calling for the um, uh, Australian guy who got the Tijuana brass at the end of last year to come back. No, he's an absolute disgrace. But that's how bad they must be going because yeah. I've heard calls for him to come back. No, he not is not going to happen. He's. Do you ever remember working with someone and going, geez, he was unqualified? Or how's... As you're looking at me doing this podcast. (laughs) As you're looking at me doing this podcast. (laughs) (laughs) That was Michael Massey. Yeah, right, okay. And mind you, this was like Netflix height, like Mm. like highlights of this. Yeah, yeah, they they did, yeah. the, the like... When people would would come over the radio and they say, "Michael, what what the hell is this? The the lack of confidence, the lack of pizzazz, the lack of like assurity in his voice yeah. was so telling." Yeah, and you'd be like, "Like, what, well, you're this dealing a- with big characters, big egos. You need to have a big. You need you, to be matching it, and and, and if he not, is not overpowering him. Yeah. So, okay. Well, it sounds I'm, like it sounds I'm like if I am, it's like an it's, easy sell. Okay. Um, my next sell, it's just a quirky thing, uh, which I thought might have finally been, um, answered this year, but it doesn't look like it's going to happen. Like there's never been in the history of VFL, AFL football, um, the premiership side as in the starting, well, it used to be 18. Now it's the starting 22, the, the same starting 22 
has never played in the same game again. We've never seen the same 22 players play again from the grand final side, either through retirement or... Really? Yeah, it's never happened. So How? How has well, that never just, happened in like 100 and what years happened. of footy? Yeah, exactly. Because either people retire or there's someone, you know... But it's traded big, or... Yeah, traded or um, big preseason from a young person that can't be overlooked and they play it. And so I thought, because Melbourne's 22 is all on the list, I thought this might be the year. Yeah. But well, who, probably Tomlinson. Because Tomlinson's in, uh, like... Um, Christian Wiedemann Salmon was injured as well. Played, yeah, Wiedemann's played a lot of footy. He wasn't in the grand final. So there's been... Yeah, it's just... Luke Dunstan. It, yeah, it's just, it's just not going to happen. And I don't think yeah. it ever will. And I just thought... I'm just conceding. That's crazy. I'm selling it. I just I'm conceding it's not going to happen. Surely that's happened though. Surely that's happened for like at least a team in the top four. Like maybe not a grand final because obviously no. We're talking about premiers. No, that's what I'm saying. But I'm saying like it's obviously it would have happened. I'm like, sure. I'm yeah. I'm sure it, it would has. have happened like at least by a top four. But side. like in terms of the greatest, the best team of that year, never playing as that team ever again. That is crazy when you actually sit down and think about the fact yeah. that. That's the that's the last time that that twenty two will be together. We'll be on the field at the same time. That's wild. It is. That is crazy. So I'm, that's, a, I'm, that's a that's a really good that's really good. Thank you. You've done well there. Thanks. <laughs> yeah, but I'm selling it because I just I've conceded defeat. Like, yeah, I, that's not going to happen. Don't give up. No. Don't give up. As we move out of COVID, that that might be like, I tell you when we I tell you when we as we move towards like the trade trade period like. Yeah. During the season, mm. that obviously will never happen. But like moving away from COVID before that, I reckon there's still there's still an you outside there's a chance. window. There's a window. There's a, I'd, I'd say 100. percent There's a window. Okay. Because the I don't think we'll have COVID top up players next year. No, I wouldn't have thought so. We, because like I mean they've been used this year, but like yeah, I mean West Coast copped it, but that was because of they were, they were basically here behind in their lockdown situation. Exactly, like that's their that's Perth's fault. That's yeah, WA's well that's, fault. Yeah, that's just yeah, that's just that's what not. It was. Yeah, so that's a good one. But okay. don't give up hope. All right, dare to dream. I'm selling NBA bench players. Okay, I've had enough of this crap. Like, you know what I'm talking about. I'm talking about yeah. the carry on bench mob. I'm talking about the standing up. You're waving your towels. Talking about waving your towels. I'm talking about standing really close. Mm. Talking about wearing inconspicuous colours to confuse the opposition. Yep. Um, and the Miami Heat, Miami Heat were, were bad. Yeah, they were bad. Co- and they your got boy, fined. your boy Larry was bad. And so is that the um, the biggest, the, the fakest tough guy in the NBA, the, the oh. Morris, one of the Morris brothers. Yeah, yeah. Literally, literally on the court. And touched a player as he came down in his shooting action. Yeah, that's stupid. Like, I don't want to seem—I don't want to seem like I need to be put into the ambulance when I'm the one who puts people in there. <laughs> but like, what are we doing? Yeah, like true. if you're not on the court, it's a bugbear. Yeah, the NBA is a bugbear in mind. Like the coaches will just walk on the court during the game, and I'm just like, get get off, get. Yeah, it's the most like it's a small court. Yeah, right? like I was runner this weekend. Uh, this past weekend for Heidelberg West Football Club, and I was on the ground actually blocking space, kind of like setting up a zone. Oh, but it's a big field. Yeah. But I, but like I was doing it like obliviously. But then <laughs> on the vision, I'm like, I've actually done well there. <laughs> but an NBA NBA court's so small; these players know what they're doing. Yeah. It's in, you're in playoffs. It's the conference finals. Yeah. I don't. I don't know. This is such a bad look in my opinion for the NBA. Like finding them twenty grand. 
is not enough. No, well, then they, they earn a million dollars. Exactly. Just, what the fuck is know. 20K going to do? No, they wouldn't even know. It's like it. someone investing $5 into this podcast when I lose 200 a month on it. <laughs> I need more than that. <laughs> but it, you, do you know what? I can, no, no, I know. I'm, totally, I'm, 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 I'm not, buying your cell. Yeah, I'm not coming from like a, I'm not coming from like a grumpy place. Either, no, no, I, I agree. I agree. I just think that's like. Just sit down. Like literally, you're on the bench. Behave yourself. Exactly. So that just really agitated me and like. I've no issues with the like, you know, like someone puts someone on a poster and your bench celebrates and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, it's just that shit that like Lowry yeah, and Morris yeah, just, were doing. Yeah, yeah, where they're or even like there was another guy from the Heat who was not playing, injured, and I can't remember his name. Don't want to know it. Uh, the ref came out at halftime and said, "Hey, mate, you you need to change." He was wearing a white t-shirt, and I guess the Celtics were wearing a white were wearing the white yeah, 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 white yeah, yeah. jumper. Yeah, and he said, "Hey, mate, you need to like because they actually literally passed it to him." Yeah, well, he's that's... like, "Hey, mate, you need to change your t-shirt." Didn't change it. Yeah, well, then they should have fined him two million dollars. No, I, I want like I want more. I want a fine, and I want like a you want blood. No, I want like a it, Larry should be kicked out of the game. You want like to... kick kick that person out of the game, and then they get like two make free it, throws. Make it a real consequence. Yeah, hundred percent. Make it a real consequence. Sit down when I call your number. Get up, take your tracksuit pants off, get on the court, play hard. Yeah. And then go home. Kill one to educate a thousand or something like that. Or something exactly. Something. But yeah. Okay. What are we doing? Grow up. Yeah. I, I think, yeah. Like it. Christ. Like it. Um, my last sale, it's not sport related. It's just a real, it's just irking me lately. And it's, I don't know about anyone else listening, if it happened to you as well, but like you buy something off the internet or you do, you know, whatever it might be, and then you get a, um, please rate our performance. How did we do? Piss off. I'm like... You, I, I what do you mean, how did you do? I yeah. did all the work. <laughs> <laughs> I picked the size. I didn't I got, have someone help me. I got like a, how did we do? And it's like, well, the product hadn't been delivered. I was like, I'll tell you how you did. You've done... Like, I haven't just, tried it on yet. Yeah, I mean, it hasn't arrived. Fuck off. Yeah, um, my hair and, hasn't and, grown back yet. Yeah, I can't, and, I can't and, tell and, you how your product like went. The pills are not working. <laughs> Um, and even like, and surveys, I always oh. want you to do, like, if you want, to, you want me to do a survey, you pay me. Exactly. I'm not doing a free survey for you because I bought a mm. product from you. Like, that's just. There's a loophole there though. Oh. Cause what, what happens if, let's say I'm the, I'm a, I'm a, a clothing brand and you buy something from me Yep. and I say, Hey, do this survey and I'll reward you with a, a gift card. And you're but, like, perfect. But, they, but there's no, but they don't never do that. But yes. But. But the problem is, you do the survey, and then I send you the gift card. It's a gift card for, for, for the clothing brand. So you're in like a never-ending cycle of surveys so every, and gift cards. Of surveys and gift cards. <laughs> so eventually, you're just going to be worn out. You're going to have so much product for free, but you're going to. I'm going to wear you down. You, you've just ticked too many boxes. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I. It really shoots me. Like just, just. You've done your thing. You've mm. sold us the product. Be happy with that. You, you know, we, you don't need to know what I think. You don't want to know what I think. <laughs> you don't want to know what's in my head. <laughs> you don't want to know what's you going on up here. You don't want to know. That's a good one. My my last selling, which is also not a sport-related sell, and this really, really put me in like a foul mood. Yeah. When was it? I don't even know. It was this past weekend. Shopping Centre Food Courts. <laughs> Yeah. Don't go to them. 
No, I agree. <laughs> like, I agree with a this. genuine cesspool for the worst dregs of humanity. Well, it's just a salmonella paradise. It is literally is like a like a like a like a family bucket of salmonella and <laughs> diseases you just don't want. Yeah, and people go there. People go there and eat by themselves. Look, that to I'm me not going to judge. I'm not going to judge I people's. Know. Behavior in that regard, like I will. I'm not. I'm not going to make a judgment call. But what I will say is, people do like they turn into monsters in around food courts. Like it's like there's a table free, and all of a sudden, can I like, borrow the, that chair? Like, uh, it's just no. like manners go out the window. There's shit everywhere. Oh. You're looking at. Oh, it actually makes me physically a bit. Oof. It does. It like, makes you know, you feel you're looking Ill. at some of those Bay Marie's, and you're like, oh, if if. You know, if they can mm. talk, what are they going to tell me? And there's always the same type of establishments. Mm. There's like, there's a, there's like, there'd be like a an Asian food restaurant that's non sushi yep. related. Yeah. So the stuff looks like it's been in the hot plate for like. Yeah, that, you just can't trust it. No, that's the most untrustable. And I don't trust sushi places at food courts either. I don't no. trust them. No, even franchise that's a do- like you, you need to, you need that stuff fresh. You do. <laughs> I'm not putting that in my body unfresh. I had to. I had to go to. Uh, unfortunately, I had to go to the hospital. Um, my partner, Caitlin, dislocated her finger trying to smother. Don't worry, I've educated her on one percenters. Yeah, and never, never again. Never again. But uh, while I was waiting, I was so hungry and I had to run down to uh, Warringal Food Court to get sushi. And I thought I was eating a tire. Yeah, it was genuine you rubber may, that I you ate. May have been. And like, and I was like. But I had no options, right? Yeah, yeah. So that'll go to KFC, and I didn't think she'd appreciate me tucking into a three-piece feed while her finger's still dislocated. Well, so, you know. But. Brought her back a chicken wing. and <laughs> <laughs> Got you three wicked wings. Don't worry. I'll hold them so you can eat them. <laughs> um, but it's no, disgusting. I, I it. yeah, There's always like yeah. kebab places too. No. Nah. Look, uh-huh. uh, uh, look, if it's a like your situation, if it's a last resort, mm. I need to eat or die, um, and I may die if I eat yeah. here. Um, <laughs> then sure, but geez, no, I just put you off your put you off your tucker. And even the subway, a stable a stable franchise which is built on being healthy, it's built on trust. Built on <laughs> trust. You look at footlongs and oh, you look at that, and it look is it better as. Just you look like you're going to get diabetes when you eat there. Like it's, it just yeah. makes you feel uncomfortable. I think we, I think just that that you know, that tinned Bay Marie straight away. Just you got to be careful. Mm. You know, you never know. You never, you never. Like know. I'm more worried. I'm more worried about what I'll catch from the the uh, uni Uni Hill Food Court. <laughs> Than being in Wuhan during the first dregs <laughs> of COVID, like that—that's—that's that's how dire it was. Yeah, and that, I was there yeah. for twenty minutes, I reckon. Wuhan. <laughs> <laughs> I wish. Um, yeah, it's yeah, it's it is life in your own hands type stuff. Really is. So yeah. that's my last. No, I, like, I really like it. That was I really like. like it. And I, I was there to go, you know, I was like, I'll go buy some stuff, you know, whatever, treat myself. I didn't want to treat myself after no. that. I wanted to treat myself for illnesses. Yeah. Treat yourself to the toilet bowl. Yeah. So that is uh, this week's edition of the stock market, which I think is 
That was a pretty good one, I felt think. Felt strong. That did feel strong. But you know what we'll do now? Uh, State of Origin week. Massive, yep. massive week. Even if we're we're not... Uh, I'm a big NRL man. I, I don't know if you are yourself. Uh, look, I have a... You know, I know my Tedesco's from my Pongers um, and my Cooks from my Slaters, but... Um, but your Brian Tuttos from your Timo... I can touch my Tuttos. The Malawis. Yeah. Uh, but no, I'm not a massive fan. Yeah. No, that, that's fine. The State of Origin concept, though. Love it. Yeah. And it was actually... You know, originated in AFL and copied by NRL, and now NRL just owned it. They have owned it. What we, I've got a little bit of a treat. Um, we've got a former, uh, from a colleague of mine, uh, Sean Omerod, one of the great NRL minds in the country. So we've yep. been very lucky to get him, and what we'll do is we'll uh, throw it over to him now. An Australia without rugby league is not Australia. Rugby league has been a fabric of our society for hundreds of years. With State of Origin only a week away at ANZ Stadium in Sydney, we thought we need to get a real big name. Like I'm talking real big. I'm not talking Gus Gould. I'm talking like bigger. So if you're from New South Wales, you've probably heard this man's voice on the radio, probably seen his face on the TV. He was once described as a first ballot NRL media immortal, if that will ever <laughs> exist. It's sports bets, Sean Omerod. Sean, how are you today, man? Well, I was not ready for that introduction, but boy, that was uh, that was very good. Tell you what, not a not a great day to be a big name in rugby league up here with the great retirement of uh, one Rabs Warren. I don't know if you heard it down there south of the border. No, Ray, hasn't made it down here yet. Yeah, Ray. When's, uh, when's he pulling the pin? It's official as of now. So he's stuck on, yeah, he's stuck on 99 state of origins and he's not going to be in the hot seat uh, come next Wednesday night. So the uh, pull a tonsil or something. Yeah. Well, Rabs, he's he's sort of, he's been picking and choosing which games he he does the last few years. And it's it's namely been origins at grand finals. He only gets out of bed for the, out of bed for the big shit, just like me. (laughs) Um, But yeah, no more. So the the dulcet tones of Rabs, we're going to have to deal with, I think it's probably going to be Matt Thompson or, Someone else from nine, but it just won't be the same. Wow. Jeez, any chance Dennis Committee can come out of retirement <laughs> and come over from the West? Well, he's a little bit, you know, he's a little bit in that same sort of vein, I suppose. When I mean, when I, I mean, I grew up in in um, Victoria, as you know, um, Chris. But so when I think of AFL, like Dennis Committee is a name that sort of springs to mind, and for everyone up up here. Um, when they think of state of origin, certainly from a you know broadcast point of view, everyone goes to Rab. So. Big changing in the guard. Yeah, very sad day. We'll pour one on the floor for him. Yeah. Actually, no, we won't. That's my floor. <laughs> Has been known to enjoy a tipple of uh, Shiraz old uh, reps. So if you've got a bottle there, feel free to chime in. I might do the yeah. same after this. That's little Penfolds. Yeah, it is. A, it wouldn't be. It wouldn't be Penfolds. Well, we that that no. hasn't made it down here. But no, look, that's very sad news. But you know, the show must go on. Obviously, well, he hasn't. He hasn't. He hasn't died. So no, I've, no. I've, I've seen there's been there's been there's been some activity on Twitter this afternoon and fair dinkum it's like blokes are doing their own sort of eulogy for him. I'm just let's, he's not dead. He's still he's still with us. The great the t- uh, raps. Yeah. A bit of I will remember you playing in the background. But, yeah, it's been very somber on on Twitter. But anyway, yeah, we, we the show goes on. Yeah, I mean it's always somber on Twitter. Um, mm. Genuinely, the worst place in the world. Cesspit. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> is. But I tell you what's not a cesspit. It's ANZ Stadium in Sydney. And next Wednesday, obviously, we mentioned uh, State of Origin 1 starts. What's the biggest storyline going into that game for yourself? Um, well, for me, it's probably – it's been hard to not sort of get caught up in the in the team selection sort of narrative that's that's in the media. Uh, Josh Adokar 
who would be well known in in your part of the world from his his career at the great career at the Storm. He came to the Canterbury Bulldogs, my my team up here, the hapless Canterbury Bulldogs. They're going like a busted ass this year, and him not being selected, a lot's been sort of made of that. Is it because he's at the Bulldogs now? Um, that's probably the biggest storyline, and his replacement. Obviously, they play in the the same position. It hasn't really been setting the world on fire. He's a Roosters player. Daniel Tupo is his name. Played Origin. He's played a, a few games of Origin, but some time ago, I think he's 31 or maybe going on 32. A little bit older than than the Fox. And that's probably been the biggest storyline up here. Outside of that, there isn't much. It's been, you know, the hype up here coming into Origin is always massive. It hasn't been probably as big as maybe it has been in the past. I'm not sure why it is. There's a couple of big names missing, like Tommy Turbo, um, Latrell Mitchell, they're out through injury. And there's a few new faces in the in the Maroons team. Billy Slater's the, the coach in his first year up there, another well-known name to, to guys um, down in Melbourne. So that's one of the other storylines. How is how is he going to go in his in his first year? But it's been a little bit quiet. You know, we're still a, as we record now, we're still a week away. And the the regular season footy that is on this weekend, it's a half by round, it's one of the four games, and they are, for want of a better word, putrid because all the all the stars are out. So I think when we get to the weekend, a little of the focus will won't be as much on the NRL games, and it'll really uh, shift to to next Wednesday night. But yeah, not that's probably the biggest storyline, certainly by way of what the media is talking about up here. Anyway, you mentioned Billy Slater, um, who's taken over as a Queensland Maroons coach. Um, yep. How do you reckon he's going to go, and sort of what are your expectations? What, what would be the expectations on him straight away? Yeah, well, I mean, it's it's a I mean, it's a tough gig. It's it's not. Not quite like I suppose the the Australian captaincy of the cricket team or or whatever, but it's it, they're pretty brutal, um, and particularly Queensland. I mean, they if they don't win, then the drums start drums start beating. You saw that happen with uh, Paul Green. He tried his hand, didn't last very long. Billy Slater, a little bit different because he's a you know he's an absolute legend up there. He doesn't really get much bigger than him um, in terms of what to expect. So I mentioned before, he has picked a few new faces. Um, so you could probably make the argument that he's that he's trying to set himself up for or set him, set Queensland up certainly for for the future. A couple of names there that probably certainly surprised me and surprised a few others, um, which we might get into to later. But I think he's probably got. I mean, you always want to win the current series, but I think he might just have one eye, two, three, four years down the track and try and try and emulate what they did, you know, ten years or so ago when they just won. Series after series after series. I don't think they're ever going to get to those heights again. But it certainly looks like he's got one eye to the future. Yeah, yeah. Those, those, the olden day. I'm going to call it the olden day where they won what ten series in a row. All yeah. I can remember is watching Petro Sivanasiva with like two mattresses taped to his legs <laughs> and just like being rolled out and just mm. eating meters. And you're like, how is this bloke still moving forward? And it just, it just embodied. It embodied what I think state of or- think of state of origin. It's just mm. this old bloke just putting every bit of his body and life into it. Yeah, and I mean I don't have the numbers in front of me, but there's there's certainly not as many sort of older heads. The New South Wales side is is still relatively young. It's I mean it's dominated by Penrith, who have dominated the NRL for the last couple of years, and they've sort of taken the nucleus of that team and brought it into New South Wales. And it's hard to argue because they've been going so good. Um, but they, they, it's certainly a sort of younger, youngish looking looking side on, on both sides of the coin. So there isn't that, you know, well, we used to we used to do it for so long. It was always Smith, Slater, Cronk for Thurston, whatever for for Queensland. 
and you know a little bit the same maybe the early 2000s for the blues but it's a little bit different a little bit different these days one of the one of the players that you i think you were alluding to there about billy slater picked was uh, a young man uh named selwyn cobo Koblov. uh plays for the bronco <laughs> 19 years old some people uh, paul gallon uh, being one of them has said he's too it's too early for him to be picked what is uh what's your opinion of him well my opinion of him is he's an absolute well, he's going to have a, a huge career and he's going to be a gun. But, yeah, to Gail's point, he's only – is he 18 or 19? He, he might have only just turned 19. Very, very young in his career. He's going to be a fullback eventually, named on the wing at uh, state level, been playing on the wing for the Broncos. They're treating him with a bit of caution. I've seen him play fullback at, at the state cup level and he's just a freak. He's built mm. in this sort of exact same mould as – as Greg Inglis or, or even Latrell Mitchell, like he's six foot four, he would be at a guess maybe 105, you know, at a minimum, can run like the wind, good in the air. He's just got everything. And he, the thing about him, he, he's got that, he's got that bit of freak in him. Like he can do the real special stuff that we, that we've sort of got so used to seeing Inglis do in his career. And then Latrell, sort of the last couple of years, he's got that little spark that, that only a few players have got. So it's going to be special. To Gal's point about the two young, I mean, the the youth of today, and I use the youth because I'm a bit of an old prick now, they're, they're different to, to certainly how I was brought up. They've got some real, I wouldn't say it's arrogance, but there's a there's a strong air of confidence. And it, mm. it's a there's a fine line when it becomes arrogance. But And we saw it probably two years ago with the New South Wales team. There were some really young faces there, but they just think they're invincible. And I think he's got that, He's got that bit of sort of spunk about him. Mm. So wouldn't shock me if he came out and had an absolute blinder. Also wouldn't shock me if the nerves sort of got to him. As I said, Broncos are sort of treating him or wrapping him in, in cotton ball, not playing him at fullback just to sort of protect him. When you get to um, ANZ Wednesday night origin when there's 80,000 screaming lunatic blues fans, it can rattle the, you know, the best of players. So that's a question mark. I could go either way. If I had to guess, I'd say he's going to handle it pretty well. One of the things that I've I miss from State of Origin is Carl Webb. Now, for those people who don't know Carl Webb, this is the sort of operator that would steal something from your car while you're sleeping, had a cue shaved into his side of his head, and really just a bowling ball of a human. Mm. Who is the Carl Webb of the Queensland team now? Oh. Is it big Tino Fasula Malawi? Yeah, it would be him or maybe uh, Big Josh Papali for, from from Canberra who. It, and it pains me to say it had one of the great mullets of all time. It's just, he cut it off about two weeks ago. So you won't get oh, to see that. I'm telling you, go, go and have a look at it. It was fucking all time. Um, but he's, he's a sort of, he's the, the big boy. He, he doesn't have, and that's what I said. There's been a bit of a change in the guard. There's not that. There's no one in, in either scene really. That's got that real fuck you. I'm going to, I'm going to try and kill you, which 15, 20 years ago, that was what Origin was all about. And it's probably changed for the best. We don't see any blues like we used to. They're still running hard at each other, but there is that real maniac. Um, but, yeah, Big Papa would be the, he, you know, he's he's the biggest and, and strongest uh, forward, certainly, for Queensland. And he's having a cracking year as well. So as we go into the series, into the first game, who has the most at stake, be either player, coach or admin? Who has Who has the most... Uh, I mean, you forgive you. You can forgive the Maroons certainly in game one. Billy Slater's first game, 
some young players if if they were to come out and, and get touched up. Rare in origin, but it could happen. We, we saw it happen in game one last year. I think you probably forgive them sooner than what you would Freddie. He's sort of, he's been there for a while, had some success. But there's still some question marks about him as a, as a coach overall. Didn't have a lot of success at NRL level. And he's made a few strange choices. The, 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 the biggest one for me, so they've, they've named a bloke called Stephen Crichton. He's one of the Penrith crew, plays in the, in the centres, really, um, really gun player. He's named on the bench and generally at origin level, you, you try and carry a, you know, a, a, a tr- in the true sense of the world, a utility, a bloke that can sort of play anywhere, fill any gap. Crichton's far from that player. He can only play one spot. He can play some fullback, mm. but he's an out-and-out centre and they've opted to go for Jack Whiten in the centres, another Strange move. Doesn't play in that position at club level. Hasn't been going that great. Doesn't he play bit, six? He plays six for Canberra. A little bit one-dimensional. Have a look at my knowledge. Yeah, no, you have five minutes of research, my I'm ass. You've been there all day. Get <laughs> around me. So I'd, I'd say, back to, your, back to your question, it's certainly New South Wales. Again, on they're on home turf, so they're expected to win. They're favourites in terms of what the betting's suggesting now, although it's not it's not huge edge. Um. But if they were to get beat in game one at home against a pretty young Maroons team, there's a lot of pressure. And then game two becomes even more fascinating because it's neutral turf. So, which might be a disadvantage to Queensland if they win in game one, because it's probably only going to be toss the coin job in, in game two. But the heat really gets turned up and that'll be an absolute cracking atmosphere. I mean, we know it's going to be a must win for, for one side as we always do in game two, but Perth, that'll be, that'll be red hot. Now, I think it's important because this is we're a predominantly really an AFL show. Like, there's no point hiding around it as much as I try and get NRL in there. The, you know, the numbers don't lie. A lot of people won't know the origins of the cattle dog story, mm. which I think is very important to, yep. to know. So, talk about Tommy Rudonigus, um, you know, obviously RIP, a great yeah. man. Um, and the cattle dog story, because it's one of the all-time uh, origin stories for me. Mm. I mean, and I'll, I will do it zero justice. So you, anyone's listening, is, you're better off going on YouTube. Just Google Google cattle dog, and there's a great little five, ten-minute clip. And um, the great Joey Johns actually talks through most of it. Tommy Rodonicus features on it as well. Essentially, Tommy, who was the – I mean, if, if anyone could think of the most quintessential rugby league character from the – sort of 70s and 80s. He is it, drank, smoked, did everything. Um, he was sort of rugby league. And he was coach of New South Wales for, for a period there. I don't actually know what, what year it was, but we, we're going back a few years now. And he came up with this term, cattle dog. And essentially the rule was if, if, if you're on the field and I start screaming cattle dog, you are to find the nearest Queensland player um, to you at that point of time and just try and beat the absolute fucking shit out of them. It doesn't matter what situation the game is, who's got the ball, whatever. If you hear me say it, you go. Anyway, so they're packing a scrum. Couldn't even tell you what the score was. And and again, Joey tells it much better than me, obviously. But he just sort of hears out the <laughs> over the roar of the crowd, cattle dog. And it's Tommy screaming his fucking head off from the sideline. So Joey goes, oh, fuck, here we go. Turns to the nearest Queensland player. And I forget his name, who it was. And they're just going toe-to-toe. And Joey cops about three or four straight on the button. He's got a lip, the lips hanging off his face. And you see him just walk dejected back at halftime. And Tommy sort of throws his arm around him and going, yeah, that's what we're fucking all about. But it's um, 
it's sort of, I mean, it'll get played 50 times up here in the lead up to, to Origin. Everyone knows what it means up here. And uh, do yourselves a favour, watch a YouTube clip because it's, it's, A, it's funny, um, but B, it sort of gives you the, the flavour of what, it, what it's all about up here. A colleague of yours and a former colleague of myself, uh, Dom Cord, very passionate rugby league fan. Rugby league. He absolutely <clears throat> lives and dies mm. for this, for this uh, I guess, month of the year. Yeah, I think I said cattle dog to him once, and I've got a concussion. Like, just as a joke, he just yeah, he, he com- turns into sort of like a rabid dog, and he'll start fucking twitching. Oh, so it gives you a license just to smack anyone. So you could be at the pub and just go cattle dog and, and bang. You've got license to just well, everyone. Everyone knows what it means. So if you're going to scream, but you got to you got to be prepared for what might be- come your way. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. The Batuta Advocate did like a post like years ago. It was like you know, like the wife takes the kids. As like husband <laughs> watches the cattle dog like YouTube video for yeah. the for the continuously for twenty four hours and just starts yelling cattle dog in the house. Mm. No, it's fantastic. I'm getting fired up just thinking about it. Actually, I might YouTube it after this. Now there's a, a segment we do on the show which which is amazingly popular, incredibly popular. Mm, it's yeah. it's called the stock market. Mm. So basically, we um, each episode we sell things and we buy things as a normal stock market works. Funny enough. Who are you going to sell and who are you going to buy from an origin stock point of view? Out of the, out of the current crop of players or team? It, it or can what, be anything. It can be anything. Yeah. Oh, so I'm going to, well, I'm going to sell a player called Tarek Sims. He finds his way onto the starting uh, side for the Blues. Complete, to, to borrow a, a phrase from a different sport, complete dot ball. One one thing one thing I will one thing I will say about him, um, he probably is a bit old school. He gives that there's a, there might be a little bit of cattle dog in in Tarek, so he does provide yeah. that. That's the Fijian in him. Outs, outside of that, not not a great deal. Um, so that would be he's a he's a huge sell uh, for me. And then in terms of who am I buying? Um, I mean, we we spoke about him before, so. It's, Selwyn Cobo, he he's probably he's probably a small buy purely because I know he can do something completely freakish. And I actually said um, on radio yesterday or whenever it was that they they sort of asked me for a tip on you know a bit of value for a man of the match, and his name immediately comes to mind. Now it's not if you go through the lists of man of the match winners from Origin, isn't peppered with wingers, but. He can, I'll touch on it before, he can do the real freaky stuff. Mm. He probably only needs to score one, maybe two tries, but he can, he can do it all. Wouldn't shock me to, to see him have an absolute blinder um, and pinch maybe a man in the match if, if they had a win. And you, like, you don't have to put on a lot to get much back. I think he's about 80 to one or, or 100 to one. So I'm, a, I'm, certainly a, a, I'm certainly a buyer of um, the Cobloaf, as you have now coined his nickname. Yeah. Mm. And um, if that's not his nickname, then um, I'll trademark it. And sell some shirts. Yeah, I mean, I something's, something's not right if it's not. So I'm happy to I'm happy to get on board that up here as well. Yeah, and I've never I wouldn't shirk away from a contest against the Brisbane Broncos. <laughs> um, that'd be about as tough as wet toilet paper. So, so I know you just mentioned the fact that you said that he was probably a, a roughie for your man of the match. But uh, who do you think is going to win game one? Who do you think is going to win the series? Um, and then give me give us your player of the series, not not man of the match for the first. We'll just we'll, we'll change it up. Yeah, so 
there, there really isn't a great deal between the two sides. I, I, when I priced it earlier um, today, I, I've got New South Wales probably rated about a one and a half, two point better side on on neutral turf. Now, home advantage in in league is is always important, but at Origin, it's even it's even bigger. It becomes tricky to to, to really hone in on, on what the number is purely because the total generally in Origin one. Is is very low and it's and it is this year thirty six and a half and if you go back through the last ten years of game ones it's peppered with mid twenties thirty thirty two last year was an outlier but that Blues team was just had points all over the park um so yeah th- there isn't a great deal between them the line at the moment's minus three and a half there's probably once you overlay the the home advantage I probably make them a, a small bet but not huge so I've got. I've got them winning game one, but it certainly wouldn't shock me to, to see Queensland win. And then, it, I mean, it really is, and, you know, it's, it's a shit stat because mathematically, of course, a team that wins game one is going to win more often than they not in at a series perspective. But this one really is important. Go to game two, neutral turf. If Queensland do win, then, they, you know, they've got, a, they've got a huge chance and then they've still got the backup of playing on home soil to win the series. So, it's a massive game in terms of a player, a player to watch or player of the series. I've had a, I've had a severe man crush. Some might say unhealthy man crush on James Tedesco, uh, captain of the blues roosters fullback. He's Com- nice looking complete weapon. He's got an ass on him, like a peach. It, oh, it doesn't ever. Got, <laughs> it's a big, a big peach. If you're into that sort of stuff, he's probably got um, a tripod on him too. I've heard, I've heard some things. Um, like a Mexican mule, apparently. Yeah. Um, Hot guys he, have, have it all, don't they? Yeah, I know. Pretty I obviously sure. wouldn't know. Nor would I, mate. <laughs> Singing from the same hymn sheet, don't worry. <laughs> um, he's, he's my sort of clear and obvious pick. Um, Nathan Cleary is probably the, the other one as well. But also speaking, I touched on the Penrith players. Isaiah Yo, who plays in a position that's become... It's really changed over the last couple of years. He plays in a lock lock forward position, but he, he basically plays like an extra half for Penrith. And he and what that enables is he just presents so many different options to the defence. No one knows exactly what he's going to do. He, he's a he's a big boy. He can run it or he can pass short, pass long. Just presents so many different um, options for the attack. He can cause a lot of headaches. Wouldn't shock me to see him win it. But Teddy. Had a look at his stats for the for the year at club level. First four five weeks, he was a little bit quiet by his terms. Still putting up unbelievable numbers. Roosters weren't going that well, and he's actually getting a lot of shit sort of heaped on him in the media. Um, and then since that sort of to really heat up, he he's been unbelievable. The last five sort of six weeks, Roosters started to win some games. Sort of tells me that he's had sort of one eye on 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 the series, and the corner of his eye is really starting to ramp it up. He's a freak. Can score tries, can set up tries. He's he's got it all. So he's generally my default for man of the match, and um, and often in from a betting market perspective, there's there's way too much percentage gets put into guys that literally cannot win the award. There's there's some players here that there might be twenty five to one available. They're literally a thousand to one. They just can't win bench players and the like. So it does. You can find a little bit of value. What that does, it just props up the price of those guys at the top. Teddy mm. is always there. Clear is always there. I think you might be able to get seven bucks for Teddy in game one. If they win, you know he's you know he's had a decent game. That's yeah. that, that's just the way it is. So um, 
out of that side, there's probably only three that I really hone in on, and that's that's him, Cleary, and, and Isaiah Yo. Um, I've probably rambled there for way too long without giving you a, a, a nailed on answer, but he's my he's my boy. He's he's always a boy to watch. That's perfect. Uh, my pick would be, and I know you didn't ask for it, but I'm just going to give it to you anyway. Uh, I'm going to Queensland sweep and Tino Fasila Malawi to uh, be the uh, man of the series, just because I like saying his name. Queensland sweep. It is one of the great names. And to be fair to Tino, last the game he played for the Titans last week, he's only 22, I think, maybe 23. He's a captain of that side. He used to play at the Storm, so probably another well-known yeah. name down there. He had one of the best first halves I've ever seen from a forward. He took he had something like 20 runs over 200 metres. Uh, but he will be remembered for the decision to take a short kickoff, went up by 14 points, and they completely shat the bed uh, from that point on, lost the game. Um, I was on the Titans plus six and a half, so I'm not going to forgive him in a hurry. Um, <laughs> but he's, he's an absolute he's an absolute weapon and sort of made for made for origin. He's, he's a little bit no frills, just would run, would run through a brick wall. No, that's we're we're no frills kind of guys. We're mm-hmm. bylows, yep. you know, we're we're as LD as you can get. We're Jimmy's and Forges. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um last question before we let you go. Is Cameron Munster going to go to the Redcliffe Dolphins? Uh my well, old man's a bit worried. There was a lot of chat uh you know probably a month ago, two months ago. And if you don't know, Braith Nasta is uh Cameron's manager. He is. Uh, he's a prominent media figure on Fox League. I want to come on my podcast. Yeah, I hope he's not watching, but you don't want him on here anyway. Um, you haven't seen and- my guests. <laughs> Mate, well, if I'm here, you're fucking you're in <laughs> Um But he, so he hosts NRL 360. And for, for, for a month or so, he was, it was so blatant. The, the conflict of interest was borderline like laughable. He was basically mm. just shopping Munster to every club that was that was raised on the show, but then since then it sort of calmed down. And, and Munster himself, I heard him say today or yesterday. Um, so Bellamy's just renewed for another year, and he's come out and said that while Bellamy's at the Storm, he wants to be there. So mm. that might give you some some confidence, or excuse me, your old man, some confidence that he's staying. Um, but what you want to do, you want you want Munster to be on the, and he's off he's off the piss actually, so it's not ideal, but. After they won the comp in 2020, he went on one of the all-time great benders, turned up to Origin Camp three days before the first game, won the player of the series, played some of the best footy I've ever seen him play, and he was hard, he was hungover for most of it. Um, <laughs> I remember seeing some of the team photos. Oh, yeah, it, it, the team, the, the, the proper team photo when yeah. you're all sitting there and the kid, his, his eyes are fucking hanging out of his head. He was... <laughs> He was he was on a tear for a good few days in Byron Bay before that. Um, having said that, he's off the piss, but he's playing some some huge footy at the Storm as well. So, um, yeah, the Dolphins would be would be silly not to have him in the on their radar. And to be fair, they haven't really snagged the big fish yet. There's a lot of there's a lot of sort of it's real dad's dad's club is what I'm hearing. Yeah, this and I, I sort of get what they're trying to do. They they. They're getting, they're going to trying to get a winning culture. A few older heads. They're not going to win the comp in the first year. Everyone knows that. But a little bit underwhelming have the the signings been so far. But if they land him, that all changes. So, well, hopefully they don't. Hopefully they can ten keep keep stinking it up. Um, but Sean, thank you very much for coming on. Thanks, mate. The sort Pleasure. of insight, sort of insight you just almost should be paying for. It's that you good. wouldn't you wouldn't get that from Braith and Astro. I know that. No, no, 100%. But, yeah, no, thank you very much for coming on. Pleasure. Gee whiz, what a character Shawnee is. Great character. Uh, Great. Absolute. Um, 
legend. Uh, I noticed you didn't ask for my prediction. Yeah, I know. I kind of just like, <laughs> just gave my... I'll, gi- I'll give you my tip. Yeah, sure. Uh, watch Fox League for the best pre and post game coverage. I like that. Towing the towing the company line. That's what I do. I'm a company man. Yeah, I like that. But um, we didn't even mention the fact that um, nickname is Hot Dogs. It's obviously, that man looks incredibly like the famous Hot Dogs from yep. Big Brother, who got to mention on last episode. Yeah, it's two podcasts. Well, two hot dog related podcasts. Yeah, really. Yeah, yeah. And actually, in the first um, podcast when I. COVID and uh, oh, we talked about we your talked hot, about dog. hot dogs. Oh, because I flogged hot dogs. Yeah. yeah. So this is the Jesus Christ, like three out of the five, or how many many hot, we've done? The hot dog pod. <laughs> <laughs> but no, that was a yeah. No, I enjoyed chatting to enjoy chatting to the great man. And yep. Um, I mean, you can see why he's, you can see why he's one of the one of the hot and up and coming um, NRL media men. Absolutely. In, in demand, so a great get. In demand, and um, wouldn't shock me to see him on the NRL three sixty if no. they still do that show. They I don't do know. absolutely great show. Do they? Yeah. <laughs> who's who? Who's on that show? Nathan uh, Astor. Is it Astor? Brester. Brathen Astor. That's him. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, it that's should be good. Nathan. It was Brathen. <laughs> Come on. Uh, yeah, Brathen. Uh, Brayton. But no, I literally emailed him actually to see if he can come onto the pod and Brayton? Braith Brayton. Yeah, Brayton. Braith Braithanathta. Yeah, and he uh okay. shouldered arms. That's all right. He's probably a bit shy and probably uh intimidated. Probably. Um but I don't think, I don't know if there's anything else you wanted to, to get into. No, look uh shop early, beat the rush, mm-hmm. as you know. Yep. Um it's important. Yep. Thanks to everyone for listening. Thank and, you. And um Cattle dog. <laughs> you guys ready to do this? Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, fans around the world. We welcome you to this historic event. Historic because we've seen boys become men, men become leaders, and leaders become legends. <laughs>